this second day of the Holy Triduum, the three great days of Passiontide leading up to the resurrection and Easter. This middle day is the darkest day. We had a service earlier today at the traditional noon hour. But I like this evening service as well because it reminds us of the time when Jesus died and darkness covered the face of the earth for three hours. This darkness that seemed to conquer the light that was sent from God. And the reading of the Passion is so emotional, so visceral, especially John's Gospel. And we heard the Passion according to St. Mark on Palm Sunday, and Mark was uh, very much a detailed man, just the facts, you know. But John, of course, we know, is the beloved disciple. John is the one who did not desert him. If you go down to our chapel most times of the year, not right now, but most times, the crucifix that is on our altar is, has a term, it's called a, a rood scene, rood, R-O-O-D, coming from rod, or the holy rod, the holy cross. This is a, another old English term. But the rood scene is a crucified Christ in the center, flanked by his mother Mary and his beloved disciple John. We know there were other women there as well, but these two figures are central. Because in all of the agony of this week, the central theme that has pierced through the darkness is love. Not bitterness, not anxiety, although there, was, there were tense moments. Not attempts at retribution, though of course we do see Peter cutting off the ear of a slave out of anger. But overall, from the one who matters, from Jesus, he moves forward step by step, day by day, hour by hour, in love. In the upper room, the story we heard last night, the institution of the Holy Eucharist and the Holy Priesthood, he said, to his disciples, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. By this they will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And so he endures that agonizing night in the garden and finally is betrayed by one of his own disciples, arrested, given something of a trial. Pilate is an interesting character, isn't he? Because he's mentioned, he, he's one of the few people who gets a mention in our Nicene Creed every Sunday when we say that. Because he is accorded as being the responsible party. He was, of course, the most powerful person in charge there at that time, and so the buck stopped with him. But he's interesting because he's torn. He sees no offense in Jesus, but he's worried. He's worried about political ramifications. He's worried about strife. He's worried about rioting, worried about possibly losing his own position of power. And so he relents to the crowd. 
Of course, we know that this had to have been done. There was no other choice, not if God's plan was to be fulfilled. God's plan for all people for all time. And so Jesus endured that taunting, the flogging, the soldiers ripping off his clothes, jamming a crown of thorns upon his head, hitting him with sticks, shoving sour wine in his mouth, spitting upon him, forcing him to carry his cross. And so he goes through all of that, and he hangs on that cross, that cross which up to that point had been the greatest symbol of humiliation and torture the world had known. But he changes it because he does it out of love, love for all people, love for you and for me, for people who had not yet been born, for people who still are not yet born. And even hanging on that cross in excruciating agony, he speaks only words of love. In another gospel that we didn't hear this year, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. In John's gospel, which we just heard tonight, he says to his mother, Behold your son, and to St. John, behold your mother. And from that moment on, John took her into his own home and cared for her for the rest of her life. And so you can see throughout the evil, throughout the suffering, throughout the pain that mark these days of Holy Week, even though at the time of his crucifixion, even the light of the sun went out for a while. Even though all of that happened, and even though he was laid in the tomb, the light and the love of God could not be killed, could not be extinguished. It cannot be killed. It cannot be extinguished. And we who are his disciples here today must bear that in mind because just like in the time of Jesus, in our own time, there are forces of evil at work in our world. There are moments of extreme injustice, extreme violence, prejudice. All these things can leave us hollowed out inside, leave us thinking, what can we do? Leave us wanting to just resign ourselves and give up and crawl into a ball and just sort of close our eyes and try to wait for it to be over. Well, as long as this mortal sinful world exists, it won't be over. And so what we have to remember from this passion tide and from the example of our Lord Jesus Christ, is that, yes, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but we fear no evil, for he is with us. He guides us and comforts us. But not just a sort of mollification type of comforting, not a numbing type of comforting, a comfort in knowing that we have strength and we have hope to go out and meet these challenges, 
to take up our own crosses and follow him and so prove to be his disciples. And above all, and this may be the hardest part of all, to let the world know that we are his disciples by showing that we have love for one another. Amen.